Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. back with another edition of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from pop culture cosmos the lakers fast break inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can please give us that five star review on apple podcast plus if you can like share subscribe like you will the awesome youtube channel viceland it is truly appreciated ah <sighs> I've got the after effects right now. I'm just, I'm kind of like, you know, the emotion's gone. You've had that high and you're just like the will has just sapped out of your body because, you know, you just got over such excitement, such emotional high. And we're now in the days after where we have to go ahead and regroup for the upcoming season, plus everything that's going on and who better to break down everything that's going to go on in this off season, plus his thoughts on the world title for the Lakers themselves. Is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and just not only follow him on Twitter at NBA Draft Mikey V, but also as well catch him and his brother Jason each and every time out on the awesome Viceland channel. That's V I S E L A N D. Subscribe. Subscribe. Five star reviews. Appreciate as well. Exactly. Because you're on also, you do that five star review because you're on every podcast outlet as well. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. As many as we can get them. Well, I watch your shows on YouTube. So there you go. Yeah, that's, I, I got to go ahead. The mainstay so far. We, we just have a really good time with it. My brother and I have been talking basketball for all of our lives. And as soon as he was able to talk, I, I'm slightly older. But <laughs> yeah, we uh, have had a, a really good time with it. And then we had a great time watching the NBA playoffs. And I, for one, being a LeBron James fan, was ecstatic that he won his fourth NBA title. I, I also want to give out another uh, shout out to a different podcast that I was just on. It's called It's About Joy. Mm-hmm. And it was done by um, our friend, Gerald and I. We did a mock draft with this person. His name's, he goes by PD Webb. And on Twitter, he is at Above the Break 3. And I just love the podcast format. He talks to people just about players that bring them joy. And mine was LeBron James. And I find that to be very topical right now as well. So episode two of It's About Joy just came out. That's on Spotify and Stitcher. And if you go and uh, check PD's Twitter or Patreon, he should have it on there as well. Well, absolutely. And once again, I'm on with Michael Weisenberg. You got to catch his show as well, Viceland wherever you get your podcasts, and also as well his YouTube channel. And subscribe there today because there's some great conversations that go on between him and his brother. 
some or sometimes a little bit of an argument comes in there. Yeah, just a little bit. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah, that's what you're <laughs> hoping for indeed. But still, there's some great times when you go the ahead drama. and check out my, exactly the drama between brothers. Only brothers can have these kind of arguments. Exactly. But you can I think only the, only brothers or just, let's just say siblings. There you go. Siblings. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Because my my sister and I could probably have that kind of argument. Exactly. Hey, I would watch you and your sister argue about anything. So. Uh, I remember a time when we were going ahead and we were kids and we were upstairs fighting for something or candy or something, but we're end up doing the whole hair thing. Ah, let go. No, you let go. No, you let go. No, you let go. Dad, mom, dad. Well, Jason and I will get into some of those because uh, we have a history there too. Mom, dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then we blame each other. And there exactly. you go. That's oh. exactly how it works. Oh, yeah. But it is Michael Weisenberg, please. It's just it's such a great time having you on the show. You've been so awesome Thank before. You. And I know you're deep inside with perspective insight as far as not only looking at the draft prospects coming down the road, but what's coming up here this year. Mm -hmm. But before we get into all that, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on basically, you know, your thoughts as far as from a LeBron James standpoint. You said you were on that show because he brings you joy. Yes. And to see the kind of joy that he has i know everybody's just at this point in time you know, reflecting on the performance where does it rank where does it stand in fact your show ranks all 10 of his nba finals performances and as yeah. far as where they rank or whatnot but just watching this one now what were your thoughts oh i i thought it was fantastic like obviously from an efficiency standpoint i felt a few halves where he struggled and then there were the two games where he had the heavy turnover numbers. But eventually, like, you know, just the the couple, well, he, I think it was game two where he had, like, no turnovers. Yeah. And then uh, – Tennis uh, no turnovers, I think it was. Yeah, it, it was something along those lines. His work on the boards, his defensive rotations, I thought were very good. I know that it was very switch-heavy, and at times, you know, you kind of wondered why he didn't stay with Jimmy or didn't stay with uh, somebody and just kind of switched during a pick and roll situation. But yeah, I, I just think that was also part of the Lakers defensive scheme. Um, I, yeah, well, I want to say overall, that in regards to his defense, even though obviously defense carried the Lakers in the series, LeBron didn't have as much of that, you know, I'm going to go on, take this upon myself like he did with Murray in the previous round. Or like yeah. he did with Harden. He didn't have – he tried to go ahead and take on uh, Butler at times. He tried to go ahead and take on certain players at times. Like he totally wiped out, uh, you know, a couple of the younger players that were on the team. Whenever he was on Hero or whatever he was on. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for that sure. Was, forget, forget that as we saw. And, and like even like, you know, like if LeBron gets switched on to like a Duncan Robinson and everything, yeah. like, you know, that is going they, to they, – They were fear. They were just scared. You could see yeah. they were scared. But oh, he yeah. wasn't as effective on Jimmy Butler as like we were. Like we say, he he when he was all over Murray, it was all over for Murray. When he was all over for, you know, in the Houston round, same thing. And Portland, when he geared up for that five to ten minute stretch, it was, it was all over. It was AD on the other end at this time around going on Butler to help slow him down, to have those off games and – with LeBron, he was just coordinating everything else. He seemed like he was orchestrating everything else. His brilliance yeah. as far as being able to go ahead and say, you know what, AD, you've got this. 
I'm got everything else. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely correct there. And I just felt like also like with LeBron basically guarding Bam I, yeah. I, a majority of the time as well, like it was almost preparing for maybe like a switch on a pick and roll with Bam and Jimmy that just didn't really happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, I, I, I felt like, yeah, just the way that they played it, obviously they played it really well. I, I, one thing I will say, I felt like they started most of the games pretty slowly. Yes. And I thought in game six, when they finally uh, went with the the three guards, LeBron and Anthony Davis, moving Caruso into the starting lineup and eliminating Dwight Howard completely. Um, I, I thought that was the right move. Like, I, I was kind of waiting for them to do it sooner. I thought in game four... Mark Jackson they, didn't, but I know um, that was... Well, you know, I, uh, I very much disagree with many of his methods. So yeah. <laughs> it's totally fine that he... Maybe did. that's why he's not a coach um, right now. So <laughs> Hey, you said it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm you just, said it. I agree with it. But it doesn't. It doesn't help his interview status when he goes on the air and says, you know, having Alex Crusoe that there was a wrong choice at the starter, and then the Lakers go on a historic run right there in the first half. So you know, well, like it's just you have to go by the the matchup at times yeah. as well, and you know, like for instance, okay, we'll bring Mark Jackson into it. Steve Kerr adjusted his matchups in the 2015 NBA Finals. And that created something that was called the death lineup. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you have to sometimes get a little creative. And it, in, in terms of like it being, you know, kind of geared towards small ball, you, you have somebody in the Anthony Davis who may not like playing center, but is best playing center. Yeah, and then he is a center. Like you know, he is a center. He can play other positions as well. He can play alongside a big, much like you know, like a Tim Duncan or or anything like that. Like to me, it's always funny when they call Tim Duncan the best power forward of all time because on any other team he would have just been a center like the entire time. Yeah, uh, it was just completely circumstantial. And then eventually, when they win their last championship, like Timmy was a center. And they had Boris Diaw like saying he was the center, but like Boris is a four. Like they they they're both like they're both four or five can kind of play either position. But yeah, it, having Anthony Davis, I think, gives you that level of versatility. So that that's huge. The fact like defensive versatility, the fact that he was shooting a ridiculous level for mid range and yes. had improved as a three point shooter as well. Um, my God, like in the playoffs, he went to a whole nother level on mid range though, it, which was always like something that made him really enticing and made him this crazy efficient player. Um, and uh, like the offensive force that he is, and I think will be moving forward, but yeah, he got to a very high level there. And, um, yeah, like he was the one who really made like the defense run also, but I, I just think LeBron is just an absolute maestro on the offensive end and was a huge part of the Lakers being the offensive team that they were, especially after there were like some fears of them getting off to the slow start in the bubble. And, you know, people saying, Oh, they're like, they have like the lowest offensive rating in the bubble. And uh, they were shooting and, awful from three point area. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gonna be there, there were still a few games where they did like, yeah. you know, yeah, they, um, they weren't necessarily the most consistent team uh, as far as shooting from long range. Rondo got off to like through the first 11 games of the playoffs, like he got off to this insane start there. 
and then um, he kind of teased him off in a, in a few games. But then that last game, he's back to his normal self. I, I felt like through the, the Heat series, I guess KCP was the third leading scorer, but Rondo was like in the in the games that they won, the, probably their third best player, which Absolutely. was very surprising to me. But yeah, I, I, I had to board the playoff Rondo train at the very last moment, and I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. As you should, man. Like, I, he made me a believer in the playoffs. Like, it, just the fact that he wasn't afraid to shoot and was actually shooting pretty well. I still think Danny Green is a guy who you can at least have him out there, even with him not shooting very well because of his defense, his experience, like the fact that he's rarely going to make the wrong play. Yeah, I, I liked what KCP did, like especially um, in Game Four when he was uh, switched on to Duncan Robinson, or Duncan Robinson was switched on to him, and you know going right at him, shooting pretty well. Like you know he yeah. he he had been, I guess, their most consistent like volume shooter this year. Well, you could see what um, the that that was a key where Duncan Robinson and Hero they were targeting. Because they're oh, slight yeah, builds. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, that's the playoffs. Yeah, you, you you target these mismatches, and yeah, like that's absolutely what they should do. In game five, they just seem to, for whatever reason, I, I they weren't as sharp in defensively just in general. And then you you just had these moments like where Danny Green's like looking off Duncan Robinson, and then KCP looks off of him for a second, and uh, or, or runs into Caruso on screen, and like Caruso kind of sets the pick for Duncan Robinson, and yeah, like that, that's that's where Duncan Robinson went off. But yeah, I, I thought I was hoping at least for Lakers' sake that they would do a good job on their shooters, and I think for the most part they did. Yeah. I, I I feel like they really held. Here hero in check especially after he had this fantastic series against boston they did as well on duncan robinson as i think they they could have done in uh i i would say four out of the six games yes and um yeah they uh it, it was a, a real team effort but uh, obviously a huge driving force being the combination of lebron james and anthony davis which i think proved to be the best duo in the nba by a pretty good margin this is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. That's what I was hanging my hat on when people asked yes. me from the beginning of the season, where did I think the team would end up? I did not think during the regular season that they would end up so strong. I thought they would gradually get into it. I thought LeBron would you know, turn it on eventually. 
he turned it on from the very beginning, especially on the defensive end, because he got that challenge from AD. That's something I wasn't expecting. Now, mind you, I picked them to win the title, as many people did, because of the fact at the end you had LeBron and AD, and that was going to take them all the way. But I did not think that they would do so well during the regular season. That's where I was yeah. kind of surprised that they would stay in tune, because you've seen Laker teams – over the years, they just, you know, they magically turn it on at any given point because you figure they have enough veterans to do so. But mm -hmm. they not only persevered during the regular season through such a tough season, but like you said, after a, a they did actually, they did it in the bubble. They just turned it off in the bubble in the beginning. But once mm -hmm. the playoffs started, they really turned it on. And that was great to see. Yeah. And like after that first game against Portland, I, I think people were rightfully like, uh, Oh, Charles Barkley had them written off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that's another thing. Like, people looking to Charles Barkley for their basketball opinions are usually well, Twitter, is. Twitter is, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, Charles is a very entertaining guy. Yes. But I also feel like some of his outlook on the game is maybe a tad misguided and maybe, like, slightly outdated at this point. Just in some of his opinions. It was funny because, you know, then that first game against Denver, he comes out with the broom and starts, like, sweeping the studio and everything. And that one goes to five. I, I just – the thing with the Lakers is the inconsistent shooting. And then also the games where they just kind of came out flat, maybe were making mistakes, like the high turnover games. Like, I, um, game three, for instance, like, they just had a dreadful start to that game in like Absolutely. the first half. And that was just them making tons of mistakes. I knew they weren't this like juggernaut team because they had the potential to have these like really off shooting nights. So I didn't think they would sweep the heat, even though they in those first two games and then with all of the injuries that, you know, two of Miami's best players and Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic, I, I still was kind of tend like I, I never felt like just free of Miami possibly looming there and coming back. They were a scrappy team. Yes. They were a scrappy team. They uh, and you know Bam came back. Didn't have the best first game back, but was still like uh, he was still a presence and you know still played defense. Still was uh, finishing around the hoop. Still a tremendous passer. Um, and then, yeah, in game six, when you heard Goron was back, you're like, oh man, like maybe they can get that extra kick off the bench as well. And, uh, yeah, it just, I, I think his plantar fasciitis seriously affected him. And, oh, yeah, and he, I, I knew he wasn't going to come back and be like his normal self and throughout most of the playoffs leading them and scoring. It, it was really like, I, I felt the injuries were just really unfortunate because I always want to see both teams that full strength but yeah the, the Lakers did what they had to do and uh I, I credit Frank Vogel like making the the necessary uh adjustments and shortening the their lineup as well like I I think in game five they probably just played too many guys whereas yeah. Miami really shortened their lineup they went to the seven guys Jimmy was dead but you know he has like endless energy and like you knew he was going to come back the next game and uh, still at least be attacking and be aggressive. But that performance in game five 
ultimately it's, it's the reason why game six was so bad for them because he had no energy left. Yeah, yeah was, I, was, I think that could have been part of it. I, I was wondering how LeBron would look after he had this tremendous game five and came out still very aggressive and looking very good. So, yeah, you, you always wonder because I, I'm guessing you thought this as well, but I felt like Kobe Bryant was indestructible. I, I, I never like, uh, you just know that one day it's not going to be the same anymore. Well, Raphael, I will tell you this, Raphael Barlow from the NBA draft junkies, who is my co-host during our NBA playoff run. He had already said on several times that he thinks LeBron is a cyborg, but all kidding aside. And we think he's still a 25. So, uh, but be that, be that as the case, um, all kidding aside, you know, you, you're right with Kobe. We think he's indestructible and look what happened there as far as not only his Achilles, but obviously his ultimate passing and whatnot. But I'm glad that they were able to honor him with LeBron. The same thing. You're, you're also thinking that the guy, okay, you see him on the floor, his ankle might be looking like it's going in a different direction, but he just goes ahead, fixes it, and there you go. He's going to yeah. go ahead on with the free throws. Then, Gosh, yeah. Yeah. So it, that was against Houston, right? Where he, Yeah. I, I was kind of worried about him there, yeah. But, but there were several times where he gets hurt and he looks and he gets right back up. It's when he got hurt last year at Golden State on Christmas that you thought, yeah. okay, really? What happened? And it was yeah, just like, yeah. it was very surprising to see him out. But going forward, my friend, I wanted to ask you this. Yes. I mean, if you're right in there in the war room with the Lakers, you're mm-hmm. telling Jeannie Buss and you're you're advising Rob Palenka on how the Lakers should go about doing things. I will say and be honest, uh, unlike uh, Laker Tom with Lakerholics.com, who's on my show frequently <laughs> and is the it's the uh, the guy who sees things maybe through a little bit rosy eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lakers did not have the best supporting cast. They have this cast, I should say, that was geared towards defense. Yeah. So that's what the best way you can say it. Is there any way that you can seek out players or maybe changes that will still keep the defense at that level where they can turn it on and be a top defense, yet maybe refine some of the things, maybe a little bit better playmaking to assist Rondo, who, as you know, just seems to coast throughout the season and then turns it up in the playoffs or maybe getting some needed outside shooting. Yeah. Well, I I think there are definitely some players available at the 28th spot in the draft that uh, I think could possibly come in. One guy I think as far as, not necessarily like outside shooting, but a guy who I, I think uh, at least showed a couple flashes when he had a chance to play. Taylor Horton Tucker is a, a guy that I, I was high on going into the draft last year, and I really liked the Lakers getting him mid-second round. He's a guy that has that frame. So at least defensively, you have some hope with him. And then also for like his slashing, he has some ball skills, and he's – got like the freakiest basketball body he's like six two and a half without shoes with a seven foot one wingspan so he has like a plus ten and a half wingspan he's built like an absolute tank he's the second youngest player ever to win an nba championship now not that he played very much in the playoffs but yeah yeah, he he still he had a, a few moments where he he got to go in and play a little bit and especially in that houston series yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I and mean, that was cool. And like he looked pretty good. So 
I think that's a, a guy that you're just hoping makes a, a little bit of a, a upward trajectory in that next year. But yeah, I, I think you have to look for guys like just with the way that the the cap is and that situation, you, you need to try and look for some veterans that want to play for the minimum or are willing to play for less. And then um, they have a lot of guys that were on one year, like player option deals. And I'm guessing most of them will come back. I'm wondering what they do just as far as like, I, I don't know if you can trade for like a third star, but you could probably at least ship some guys and get like a third player who is all right. And I, I think maybe that's what they'll do. Was something off with Danny Green? Because I, I just feel like he wasn't his normal self this year. And well, he, he had stated that he had some issues, obviously, what's going on with uh, the racial injustice that's going on in yeah. the protests and things of that nature. I know that affected him personally. I know also the death threats that came after that Game 5, crazy. which is extremely inappropriate and unnecessary, unneeded. And I think that's going to stay with him, even though he's basking in the glow of a championship. I think yeah. you know he he is going to be looking I, at. His I also thought what they did to Kyle Kuzma, like uh, yeah. that, like petition. Petition, that, absolutely. That was mean. Yes. Like that's not funny. Like I, I I just don't understand why people would do that. Now, mind you, both of them, Danny Green has a fifteen million dollar option coming up yes. that he's going to pick up, he and will. then with Kuzma, he last year of his rookie deal. So, yeah. yeah, he is unfortunately though not playing at didn't play at the level that I know a lot of people had hoped. Obviously, no. the petition you know speaks the to thing that. With him is he needs the ball a lot. Yeah, and he like he is a, he can get buckets, and he, he was he was really good like playing off of the ball and and on cuts and close to the basket, but he needs the ball, and he, he did uh, improve his defense. Substantial. Yeah, his, his defense did get better. I, I will say he jumped a lot on like on shot fakes on on stuff like that. And that's still yeah. That's, that, that was a, as, as Twitter there were a few of those where I was like, stay down, man, just yeah. stay down. But yeah, he, he does have some defensive versatility. I wonder the market for him right now, like because you you kind of wonder who because whoever is picking him up is probably trying to pay are thinking they're going to pay him for an extension. I doubt he uh, takes his like, you know, fifth year player option or anything to become like unrestricted. I, I, I'm guessing he wants a, a long-term deal. I, I, yeah. I, and I don't know if the Lakers are going to be that team that gives him the long-term deal. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't think so, but so he could be a trade chip. The thing is like, you wonder if you get back what you're trading with him. Like that, that, that's the real key. And, and even with Danny. So, it, you know, like, let's say you, you trade, I, cause I, I know the, the guy that is kind of been brought up, people talk about Miles Turner, who I don't know if he's a really great fit with the team, especially in the playoffs. It's a mold that a lot of other teams want because they see him not yeah. as a Anthony Davis, but maybe like an Anthony Davis light. So yeah. to speak. And, and like, you don't want that next to Anthony Davis. You yeah. just want Anthony Davis. Yeah, just just imagine him on, let's say, Golden State, for example. As the I, I don't love it. I really don't love that. Really? And I'm like, yeah, I, I just I, maybe because it's because of Draymond there being there. Yeah. Well, I I think that that's part of it, and like, yeah, just like the cap situation, and and like I think at times, he, like he could be 
somebody who gets run off the floor. Like, truly. I I, I just don't know if I, I love that fit. And he still has, like, you know, I, I think, like, another couple years after this year where he's getting paid $18 million a year. Yeah, I, I'm really not sure about that that fit uh, with Golden State either. And then with Victor, I, I know Victor Oladipo is a name that gets brought up. Yeah. Last, last year of his deal. Yeah. Um, and, like, no way that he would re-sign with the Lakers. So it would be, like, a, a one-year thing. And then he came back and was, like, a fraction of himself. You, you just don't know if you're getting – the same Victor Oladipo that you're really expecting. Those are both kind of scary propositions to me. I, I know the, in, the Indiana guys are, are guys that have kind of gotten thrown around as, uh, you know, in terms of them being rumored to be on the trading block. But I, I don't know if I would be interested in either of them for the Lakers. I'm, I'm really not sure who like that third guy, like magic third guy is at this point. What the Lakers have as far as assets, I'm not yeah. really sure that they can go ahead and, get who they want i mean yeah for everybody out there that they would want a team could come in and give them a better deal they have more or better assets depending on the teams so yeah that they could give let's let's say it is a player that you want that you think would be a great fit for the lakers somebody could come in like a boston like a miami like somebody yeah. uh, you know even a golden state could come in and make a better deal, make a better offer than what yeah. the Lakers have just because they have more on the coffer going forward. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Though they did also say that about uh, Anthony Davis trades and looked like that worked out. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think getting Anthony Davis was the, the huge thing there. And as, I think as long as they have those two guys. Now, what is Anthony Davis going to do? Like that, that's, to me, that's the big question. I think he's obviously turned down his player option for next year. And I would be absolutely like floored if he decided to leave the Lakers this summer or anything like that. I, like that's just to me, like 99.9% chance of that not happening, but I wouldn't be surprised if he signs like a really short extension with player options with the Lakers for like maybe like two or three years. Is that is that what you're thinking as well? Or, or I was thinking like like you said, just you know that it's like, like pseudo deal, like you can leave after two that yeah. we're seeing, yeah, you know, exactly. that LeBron signed, and you yeah. know that pretty much it. Pretty much every star NBA player, you know, it's it's basically like the I can get out when I want type deal. Yeah. If I don't see things going my way, I can get out and bail out when I want to type deal. So I agree with you. I think that that's going to be something that is going to be signed. Yeah, it'll look like a five-year deal on the surface, but he'll be able to renegotiate after two or be exactly. able to be a free agent after two. So it's, it's really like Kawhi's, Kawhi's deal looks like a four-year deal and it's like a you know a two-year deal. So same, yeah. thing, with, same thing with PG, same thing with LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to see the same thing. The only hey, I have no I, problem with empowering players, man. I want to ask you this because this has been a big, big thing. Because we're going back and forth on this, me and several other people. Giannis Antetokounmpo, yes, does he take the deal? Does he take the supermax? I say he does, but I, some others have said no. What are your thoughts on that? Because I think oh, you, you think he he takes less to kind of uh, no. Get... I think he takes the supermax. I think he okay. I think because Milwaukee's going to offer him the supermax. Yeah, I think he's going to take the Supermax. From Milwaukee? From Milwaukee. But 
I still think if worse comes to worse and he doesn't like what's going on with Milwaukee, he can always get out. You've seen that now where people yeah, are- well, he could he could ask for a sign and trade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he he could do something like that. I I like I think there's a really good chance he leaves, but um whatever contract he gets next, I, I think is going to be long term. But I I yeah, I, I have a hard time seeing him staying in Milwaukee. I don't say necessarily he's gonna yeah. stay in Milwaukee. I just know he's gonna sign the supermax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, well, yeah. I don't. I don't know why he wouldn't. So and, you and can't like, have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, and unless it, like unless he wants to uh, do something to make the salary cap like a little better for signing other players, yeah, and kind of like what LeBron, uh, Chris Bosh did by taking like a little less money, and so Miami had a little bit more wiggle room to sign some guys. I, I could see Giannis doing that because did Giannis even like take the. He took like the max, but he didn't take like I even think like the full max to point where he could have like even during his uh, second contract. So yeah, I think he's a guy that really wants to win as well, and uh, I have no idea where he's going to go. I know Toronto has been very interested. I know that Miami is very interested. Dallas has been yeah. Dallas is apparently at the front of the line, and Giannis and Luca would be a fantastic duo. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm very excited to see what he does. But yeah, is he going to take as much money as he possibly can? I think he should, and I think he yeah, like that that should be kind of his outlook on things, along with obviously trying to get the most out of his prime. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans! Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, being the second Atentacumpo to go after a championship ring. Indeed. Yes, indeed. And they're possibly having a third if they do it in Milwaukee. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Because both there's two Atentacumpos there. Yes, the so, Nasmus, his older yes. brother. Yes, that's true. And then so. you have Alex playing in Greece next year, too. Yes. my youngest brother. So Costas right now has the bragging Costas rights. does have the ring. I saw him, as soon as I saw him walking out with the Greek and Nigerian flag, flag yes. I uh, I was like, oh my God. Well, it, the other funny meme was uh, everybody was thinking it was going to be Leonard versus Antetokounmpo in the finals, but they didn't think it was going to be Myers Leonard versus Costas and Antetokounmpo. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yes, indeed. Once again, I'm on with Michael Weissenberg. You got to catch his show. Viceland each and every time out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Plus you can go ahead and follow what he does at perspective insight. So you got to go ahead and check him out there. So I want to ask you about your time and your work. You said you've got a lot of things on the queue coming up for you, but also I want to ask you this, your time in following basketball this season and how it's been different because not only because you're following basketball, but also your work and what you do and, looking at these prospects, working hard to go ahead and finding out who is on the cusp of 
being of interest out there for NBA teams. So I want to hear your thoughts on how it's all been different over the summer. Yeah, you know, you you definitely don't get as many like rumors or anything out there. Like it, it's uh, it's always great. The guys that I I really love are the local beat guys. Yeah. I, I think you get the best info out of those guys, and of course, you know, agents and everything like that. But yeah, it's it's just been so different. You you don't have like uh, the Impact Basketball Academy like in in its full force. You don't have things along those lines. You the NBA Combine was very different and you're not getting the measurements you normally would get so you don't get like the rumors from that yeah it's it's been a very different year and like we had discussed even before where how do you make changes on your big board and everything like that i I haven't made a ton like it's it's really hard to know what's going on you you haven't even heard like very many rumors about where guys are going or anything like that you you hear occasional like like you hear Minnesota might want to trade down. You New York might want to trade down. Everybody wants to trade down this year. And, you know, uh, Minnesota, I'm sure, wants a 2021 pick too. They trade theirs to Golden State. So yeah, it's very different. And like just not having the ability to necessarily be comfortable having like the group workouts that you normally would. So yeah, you, you know, hearing that Kai Bowman's killing everybody in workouts last year, you know, like, the, the, those are the the fun things you hear about, and like hearing that Thon Maker has this great workout for Milwaukee, and then you know, oh, and somebody tanked their workout for such and such a team. Like, yeah, this whole year is so weird, man. <laughs> it is, but you know, the league is going to be setting up something very soon for these prospects, uh, even though it's going to be somewhat limited in scope and detail as far yeah, as the has been going on. Yeah. But it's just so weird and different, and like you don't get like the same release of measurements as you normally would. And that's that's going to be an issue, I think, going forward. Yeah, and then yeah. still, and the important thing is the medicals. I think I think that's the really important thing. Well, you and I have discussed this before. How important yeah. the medicals are. I think that's the most important thing, and I think that should be something in the next collective bargain agreement that should be discussed. Is is the medicals for each and every team? Although you said, and rightly so, I think that it's the power of the agents that can control and sway things towards one or the other. It's not fair. But again, when you're talking about these teams investing millions of dollars on these kids, you want to know everything. You yeah. don't want to go ahead and have to take a guess. Or actually, you are taking a guess. You're taking an yeah. edu- the best educated guess you can. But in order to do so, you got to have all the facts. And you don't want to go ahead and just draft in the dark and say okay i think this guy's gonna be good you want to have reasonable assurance that you can go ahead and get this guy on the best platform possible yeah like there there were guys last year though who i will say like teams got medical on and were flagged and they still went pretty high in the draft yeah like with denver taking i'm i don't know if michael porter was flagged i'm guessing he was um but they took the risk and you know, it, it looks like it, if you have the level of Michael Porter in the bubble and, and playoffs for like two or three years, that's an absolute steal at 14. Yeah. So yeah. He looks like he's going to become a star if he makes some yeah. little tweaks in his game, works shores up his defense, yeah. things like that. Gets Offensively, he's already a star. Yeah. Like, Offens- he, that guy can shoot the hell out of the ball, great around the basket. Yeah, he's scoring from every level, man. Yeah. 
he's he's got he's got all the tricks right there already. He destroyed Kuzma. Yeah. <laughs> oh, time yeah. oh <laughs> geez. Like he he's just he's so bouncy too. Like I, he's he's not the best lateral athlete, but vertically he's always been crazy. And that that was one of the reasons why he was such a highly regarded prospect. And um, like the the thing with him that I always remembered was like like Bagley does this too. Like they both get their like head around the rim when they rebound. And that was something that he did pretty consistently for Denver. And yeah, like I I think he was, his defense was indeed a huge issue at times and like played him off the court. But yeah, he, um, he, he did some things that were really important for Denver getting as far as they did. I'll tell you what, my friend, it's been a great conversation as always. I look forward to having you on the show again. And of course, we're probably going to be meeting up right around draft time because Rafael Barlow is going to have another yeah. live draft. So we got to have you there. You and it, it, oh, for sure. And then, yeah, if you wanted to talk more about the draft, I listened to uh, the NBA draft junkies where you uh, threw out your, uh, your yeah, lottery so. mock draft. James Wiseman, James Wiseman. My gosh, the, the internet has not really just, I, I know. Yeah. Hey, I heard it, Gerald. And, I know you, you heard know, it. I know you're right. Brad could have at least uh, thrown in there like the first time you said it. But yeah, I know. I was just <laughs> I, spaced, go on. I spaced all my bad. All my, my bad. bad. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be interested to, you know, talk more draft with you and uh, get, get into that. Yeah. The, the really exciting thing coming up for me this weekend is I'm finally heading back into the gym. We're doing the Hoop Scene West preview powered by Perspective Insight. And it is going to be a great event with top players from classes of 2021, 2022, 2023, getting even some 2024 guys. I saw a 2025 guy there. I'm guessing he must be really good to be amongst the group that we have. A lot of players from a top prep school in Utah called Wasatch Academy. I think the headliner is Nolan Hickman. He's committed to University of Kentucky. Just had another high major guy enter the camp today. And a lot of intriguing players, some I, I've never seen before. So I'm, I'm very excited for this camp. And to be back in the gym, taking all the safety precautions possible, and just kind of getting into this new normal that is uh, basketball in the time of COVID. I'm looking forward to it as well, as far as for what you're doing, your future. Obviously, you're doing some great things. Yes, I definitely want to get you back on very soon, talking NBA draft when more things clear up. And then obviously, as we get closer to it, your insight into that, your your just sensational shows that you do with your brother on Bison. Keep it going. I know uh, hopefully that you two will be able to go ahead and connect even more in the future because you guys are a great link when you guys go ahead and just face off against each other with guys <laughs> differ on your opinions and whatnot. It's always a great listen, but it is Viceland. You're doing a great job there. Keep it going with that. Check out his work with the perspective insight and so much more. Mike, any last thoughts on the way out, my friend, as a fellow Lakers fan and LeBron fan. I just want to say go Lakers. You did a great job covering the playoffs. And I think that was fantastic. And just the, the passion and the work that you put into it. Thank you, as always, for having me on. And please uh, subscribe and like, share the Viseland podcast, V-I-S-E-L-A-N-D. Follow me at NBA Draft Mikey V on Twitter. Follow my brother at Jay Weisenberg. He's my co-host as well for Viseland. 
and then um, follow at Pro Insight. And yeah, just uh, and at Visland too, if you want to see all the latest stuff happen with uh, the Weisenberg brothers. Absolutely. And you'll never regret it when you go ahead and follow at NBA Draft Mikey V because he puts out a ton of stuff. He retweets a ton of stuff that's great for the basketball fan out there. So I'm just trying to push the community. Yeah, I, I, I want to link people together. Absolutely. And you do just that. So I will tell you what, it's always great talking to you. I want to get more insight from you here very soon on the NBA draft. Once we get a little bit more things cleared up as far as what might be happening, hopefully you'll hear more in the way of rumors now that the yeah. season's over. The dust has kind of been settled. There is no second bubble with the teams. I don't even know why they were talking about that. Oh, the, the, the delete eight? Yeah. Yes. I, I just didn't think that was going to work. <laughs> well, I don't think the NBA had really any real thoughts on it. I think it was just kind of just out there as far as the smoke screen is concerned, but they realized it's all about the money, my friend. Indeed, so, indeed. Well, Mikey, it's been great having you on the show. I look forward to bringing you on real soon. Fellow Laker fan, fellow LeBron fan, it's always good to have you here as far as our one of our first shows right after the Lakers winning the world championship. Where it goes from here, we're not sure yet, but we hope it leads to another world championship right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.